Best Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Tim. And I'm Nick. And uh, we're going to spend a little time this week talking about what we've been watching. Uh, we're going to discuss some film news, and then we'll do a full review and finally get into some food for thought provided by Willie. Yum. Um, this week's full review is Ben Affleck's Argo, so should be good. I'm excited to get into it. Mm-hmm. At the top here, I have a correction for the last episode. Um, I said Nate Johnson is... Nate Johnson, the person who scored Looper, is... Uh, Ryan Johnson's brother. That's not true. It's his cousin. So I just wanted to get that out there. Sorry, Nate. Yeah, sorry, Nate. <laughs> I wish it was We Nate know dog. you're listening, but <laughs> yes, Nate Dog. <laughs> what? No. Trick Daddy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Willie, what have you been watching? Um, I actually had a wonderful night last night watching some awesomely bad horror movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, what yeah. Uh, Well, me and Tim, the Van Damsel, um, <laughs> have a little tradition of watching the the weird entries in series of horror films. And when I say weird, I mean the ones that like really just don't fit with the yeah. rest of them. Like, like we watched experimental. Yeah, well, we watched Halloween three and Halloween six, which are if anybody's seen the Halloween series, you'll know those are the really really out there ones, but insanely entertaining though. You know? <laughs> and then like last night was. Um, we watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, which yeah. is definitely the weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, it has Joanna Man. It does. It, yeah. it does. <laughs> Joanna Man? Miguel Nunez Jr. You don't remember Joanna Man? Yeah. Oh. And he, like, he. there's Sorry. a scene where he has to, spoiler alert, there's a scene where he has to uh, use the bathroom for number two, and he goes, well, you do it, Tim. You do it the best. Oh, he goes, damn these enchiladas <laughs> that he, yeah. he runs into his trailer bathroom which he gets killed in but um killed in the trailer bathroom he does um so that's really that was really good we watched halloween the original which yeah. by the way is coming back out in theaters yeah i yeah, saw that from the 25th to the 31st wait a re-release of the original yes sir it's gonna be at the palladium I'm i should probably sure. do that because i've never yeah, seen it. it i think it might be fun to actually do a review of it you should do possibly. a live recording podcast in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> live review. Well, because, you know, it's Halloween's coming up, and yeah. it's in theaters, so it's topical, so maybe we can do that. Maybe. Plus, it's like one of my favorite movies. So What I else would... comes out that week? What, what are we um, saying to do? Let me, let me take a look at it. But anyway, um, we also watched... Oh, what else we watched, Tim? See, I, I, I was out by about that time. Like, yeah. the whiskey had hit. Yeah. And, like, I think I saw Down on the Dead up there in a case, so we may have watched that. We did watch that. <laughs> we watched the European version. That's right. I remember you were really excited to see that for the first time. With and the I, Goblin soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still haven't seen it. No. <laughs> no, you have not. Your eyes have seen it, but... <laughs> but your, your brain, brain does not remember. Yeah. The synapses... Burn the bridges. Yeah. The <laughs> the plan for the weekend of the 26th is Cloud Atlas, but we can do a special bonus. And Skyfall comes out too, doesn't it? No, no, no. Skyfall's not going to be till November. Oh, that's it comes good. out in the UK that weekend. Well, good. So maybe we can work something out. Yeah, we'll do a bonus episode. If we do Halloween, maybe we can do a round table. Yeah. Yeah, you know, little yep. little less Resident Evil style. Little yes. less like this, if you can consider this all that professional. A <laughs> <laughs> little less professional than what you're hearing right now. So <laughs> that's a scary thought. Um, but no, so yeah, watching some horror movies. It's always that time. I like this time of year because I'm a big horror movie fan, and um, it inspires you, you know, to watch. At least me, it does. Yeah. I, I like I pretty much exclusively watch horror movies in the month of October. I don't think last year. I don't think I watched a single movie that was 
Like, there were a couple of movies that came out in October last year that I actually wanted to go see in the theater. I was like, no, I'm not going to go see those. <laughs> not horror movies. I'm not going to watch those. Yeah. So, no, it's lots of horror movies, honestly. All right. Usually well, bad ones. <laughs> what about you, Tim? What have I been watching? Um, not much. Kyle XY. Kyle, oh, CW's Arrow. Oh, yeah, watching the yes. previous, yes. Tim, so nobody else has to. Tim, Tim wrote <laughs> You're taking one for the team? Yeah, Nick watched it too. And the team so. is the world. <laughs> the Green Arrow fan in me was curiosity killed the cat. On that one. Tim wrote up a little something on our website. At, uh, and it's per- as someone else who watched the pilot, I can verify it's it's a pretty perfect write-up. It, it's, yeah. com. go check it out. It's it's pretty awesome. The title of the post made me laugh. It was Tim watched CW's The Green Arrow. <laughs> or the, CW's Arrow. Because it made it seem like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> like, it just made me laugh that he included himself in the title. Tim watched. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I realized that after, but I thought it was funny. I, I think it's yeah, great. Totally. I think it's great. It was a good move. From now on, when you write some sort of write-up on something, I want it to be called Tim watched. Tim watched yeah. Yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, nothing. Okay. I mean... Argo. Did you watch that repeatedly? We'll, we'll get to Argo. <laughs> I watched that once, and then I almost thought about watching it again now that I knew it was going to happen, and see if I could what I would think. It was weird because it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but it was it's bad just, enough. It's just boring. I heard there was a lot of fan service. There was. There was a sweet shot of uh, of uh, Deathstroke's mask yeah. right at the beginning. That was actually kind of cool. His sister is one of the sidekicks from the Speedy. comics. Or something. Yeah. 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 And she has a drug problem in yes. the comics. Things yeah, like that. It there was a lot of fan service. Like there's a lot of potential, but it's it's wrapped up in all that CW bullshit like, yes. that you that you articulated. <laughs> like when you hear your comment about the if it was released, if the if the soundtrack from the first episode were released on album, it would be three oh, discs long or something. There are so many songs <laughs> there, in that. Yeah, like it's just constant. Like the newest hits. <laughs> like CW, really and the, the lead the lead guy is actually not that bad. I just feel like he's got a really cheesy script to work Blandy with. Blandy McAbercrombie, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he wasn't terrible, but it was he just doesn't have anything good. To... I didn't, I wasn't a fan. No, no. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll get better. He was over... better than I thought. It okay. would be, is what is what I guess I'll say. I was expecting a really crappy crap, but it was just mild crap. Well, I'm glad that you guys are, were brave enough to do but it. But the the scene, the the opening was cool because it was a lot like Green Arrow Year One, which is like one of my favorite comics. It's really cool. But there was a post I read on IMDb about it, which oh my god, IMDb is even more of a cesspool now than it ever was before. And IMDb's Arrow page specifically, some of the questions on there. I mean, I was gonna li- comment on on your article, which is like some of the comments I was reading on the IMDb. They're amazing, but. Uh, Somebody said literally the only reason to keep watching this show is to find out what happened while he was on the island because he's like shipwrecked for five yeah, five years. Five years, yeah. And, and they then, have a plan to do five years worth of flashbacks, like five seasons. Five of the show. seasons worth of flashbacks. Oh no, it'll get canceled long <laughs> before that. Which is too bad because I'm actually intrigued because he gets he gets marooned and he's just this spoiled rich kid and then when he gets picked up from the island he's like a badass. Yeah, he's got a sweet beard and he knows how to do martial arts and has a cool bow. And Deathstroke's mask was on the island, so yeah, some shit went down. Yeah, and I'm Maybe. curious, but it's gonna be wrapped up in all the the cheese ballness back in the city. Like his girlfriend is ridiculous. His best friend is and his, his abs. best friend from oh. his glistening abs. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his damn abs. abs. <laughs> his best friend is like cheesy sidekick 101 from. Oh no, oh, that's bad. He's actually gonna be the villain. Oh, and he's really upset that his mom is dating um the guy from Jason X. Um, what guy? <laughs> the guy that kills. He's Jason also from X. Resident Evil. He's the guy who gets sliced yeah. up by the lasers. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. They're married. They're not dating. They're married. They're married. Those are actually two different guys. And like, oh, Colin right. Salmon portrays the oh, Resident Evil character. That's the guy from Arrow. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> no. You're thinking of Peter Mensah Peter from Mensa. Spartacus. Oh, no. He was in Jason X. The thing about Arrow, too, is that it, there's like a huge conspiracy like about what happened. <laughs> and like his dad, <laughs> so that he would sort of get to the island and survive, his dad shot Homeboy on the raft in the head and then killed himself <laughs> in front of his son. And he's like, survive! And blows his brains out. And I was like, holy, this show is like... Taking itself how, fairly yeah, seriously. Yeah. Right. It's going how, there. It's going like, there. there. There's a lot. Basically, what I'm saying is there's a lot of potential for it, but it's yeah. just wrapped up in so much like cheesy CW stuff <laughs> yeah. that it's probably yeah. gonna fail really bad. Well, maybe it'll grow. I mean, Smallville got ten seasons, and I think it got somewhere that some people liked. But six episodes of those were good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. I think enough. he flew in one of those. <laughs> he yeah. did. Like the finale. He did. <laughs> the series finale. He sure did. Gets the costume on. Everyone's like, oh, not that now I the show it. can start. It's over. <laughs> I literally, I went online and I watched like the best of Smallville like on YouTube. Like it, it was like a ten minute long video, and I was like, I feel like I got everything I need to know. I'm good. Like, it's too bad because like DC is not doing smart things with their properties. No. Like turning them over to the CW is not a good idea. Yeah, well, it definitely had kind of a Batman Begins vibe, but yeah. I didn't mind it so much. I was kind of like, because year that's kind of the way Green Arrow yeah. year one is though. Yeah, I didn't mind that so much. It, it's just, it's, it's not a lot of fun. No. No. <laughs> I wish it lightened up a little. But, what yeah. do you do? Know. That'll, that'll satisfy my what have I been watching, because I also, okay. I also watched uh, <clears throat> the good. CW Sexy Era. That's good. <laughs> Alright, so I have a minute and a half to go through my crib, which is fine, because I went up north this weekend uh, for Brittany's birthday, and it was raining the whole time, and we had some movies with us. <laughs> And so uh, we put in That's My Boy, starring Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg. I watched about 10 minutes of it and then fell asleep because it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we went and saw Pitch Perfect on Saturday. Did you go? Yeah, I oh, went. That's... There were about two times in the first 15 minutes of that movie where if I was there alone, I would have walked out. Yeah, well, you never would have been there alone. He's made so. some good choices. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, I mean, we already we already had seen Argo, so it's not like there was anything. I wasn't right. gonna go see Taken too, that's for sure. But. Yeah, we really have watched nothing good, <clears throat> like outside. Of, I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so don't watch those. And then Walking Dead. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Walking Dead season three started yesterday, and it was uh, probably better than the majority of season two. So. I would say yes. I think anybody who made the mass exodus from season two should. Probably, like, watch a YouTube clip of all the interesting stuff that happened in the rest of the season two, and then start at season three. So yeah, it might right. not be a bad idea. Yeah. So um, we'll move into to news here. First off, I'm gonna start off with a few Marvel quick hits that we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on all of them, but unless they involve Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel. None of them have Guardians of the Galaxy. So. Okay. We can move over them briskly. <laughs> um, first off, we're supposed to get an Iron Man 3 trailer on October 23rd. Which I, Alex will definitely be watching. I don't care because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> so um, we'll, see, we'll see about that. Alex. You guys are probably going to want to talk about it, and I'm going to be like, no, because no. <laughs> I don't know. 
How long is it a full on trailer or is it a teaser? I think it's a full trailer, but I think I don't it's know. gonna be the trailer that they showed When's initially. The release? Is it May of next year? They showed yes. some footage oh, at wow, Comic Con kind of at corner. San Diego yeah. this year and I think that's what they're gonna show. Yeah. Some sort of tightened condensed version of yeah. what they show. And probably with, with more effects done. But um excited. Does anyone watch Workaholics? No. Mm-hmm. Does anyone get that reference so I don't feel so No, good? you okay. <laughs> just maybe just somebody I just sound weird. <laughs> maybe maybe somebody in our audience. I'm going to I'm going to recommend uh, I'm going to throw that out there that people watch Workaholics at least season 1 because it is very good and it is on Netflix. Both of my Why? brothers and my sister-in-law love that show it's so very good. I'll have to get to it at some point. But it's really awesome. Um so that's enough about Iron Man. Uh Hugo Weaving said he does <laughs> that's not <enough> about Iron <laughs> Hugo Weaving said he does not want to reprise his role as Red Skull. Uh, he was basically just like, yeah, I tried that. It sucked. Yep. And then I think the rest of the he said he was world, contractually obligated to he, do three, but yeah, he's like he's they're con- buy out is they're contractually obligated to do three, but if somebody doesn't want to do the movie, they're not going to force them to be in it because that's not good. Basically, that's what he said. Yeah, he almost yeah. he almost made it seem like if they make me do this, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna totally. Oh yeah, it <laughs> it's going to be the most over-the-top, terrible performance that you've ever seen out of Red Skull, which could be better than what we got in the first yeah, movie. Yeah, the Red Skull we got was pretty boring. So, I mean... I'm not crying over the lack of Red Skull. Nobody's heartbroken. Maybe, I mean, that's not one of those roles that would be hard to recast. Well, no. Because he's yeah. covered... Completely. Especially not if they go with some of the comic book storylines where he, like... He poses in different people. people's bodies yeah. and stuff, and, you know, there's so many ways around that, it's not even a concern for me. I don't even want the Red Skull back for anything soon. Yeah. I think it's nice that they have that option in there yeah, to bring absolutely. him back. But I think it's smart. for Captain America. Red Skull doesn't die. but Or does yeah. he? Disappears. I mean, technically, we could still pretend he died. Oh, yeah, that's true. Harvey Dent is not dead. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he is in Spider-Man's eye reflection on posters. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> no, you don't, yeah, you're talking about <laughs> Green Goblin or whatever? Venom. Venom, Venom yeah. yeah. I see Venom in his eye. <laughs> No. What? <laughs> I see venom in his eye. I see venom in his eye. Don't you see it? Okay, sorry. All right, and then final Marvel quick hit. Uh, Ant-Man has an official release date of November 6, 2015, which presumably, not presumably, definitely puts it after the Avengers 2 and uh, and makes it the beginning of Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 3, which we haven't even seen a movie of Phase 2 yet, so... They're making yeah. plans. Yeah, they are. They're um, between that and the Shield show and all the other stuff they got going on. It's it's cool. I mean, I, I like that. I mean, obviously, the, the I'm kind of on the fence with things because there's one half of me that's a huge Marvel fan that's like, okay, well, pretty much everything Marvel Studios has done so far, I've enjoyed, and I would expect them to continue the trend of yeah making quality stuff, and the fact that we're getting new stuff in different forms every like few months yeah. for the next couple of years is pretty cool. Yeah. Because it's, you're never going to have, you know what I mean? But then like on top of that, I don't know, I'm just worried they're going to overdo it. Yeah, that's the one thing, like as an Ant-Man fan, I'm distressed that I have to wait so long to see it and yeah. I wish he was going to be in Avengers 2. He might still be in Avengers 2 in like a in like a Hawkeye capacity or even smaller. Yeah. Yep. But, which I would be excited for because then people would sure. be like, oh, here comes his movie and he was cool. Like, I think a lot of people now, if they made a Hawkeye movie, which would be kind of weird, the public would be like, oh, yeah, I remember him. He was cool. So if they do that with, with Ant-Man, they'd be kind of neat, although Ant-Man is probably a harder, harder sell than Bowman. But but you might be right about that. It might be a better way to showcase his powers in like an action scene or you know, two. It should be yeah. a harder sell because Ant-Man's awesome. In Avengers 2, and then 
spin him off. Like, if Ant-Man know. was to Avengers 2, like, if he was the Hulk to that, where he has these crazy action moments where people are like, we want to see more of that. And people that would go see Ant-Man. Maybe yeah. his movie could even be a prequel. It's good. It's smart. But the, but the reason I'm, I'm kind of think that is kind of a good idea is because at least it's spread out. Otherwise, we'd have, what, next year we'd have Iron Man 3 and Thor 2, and then the following year is Cap 2 and then Avengers 2? If, if they were to put it beforehand, like if they were to do it any sooner, we'd be getting three Marvel movies in a year. That'd be a little crowded. <clears throat> so I mean, I wouldn't hate it if they were all good, but I guess it's better that they want to take their time, even though they've been working on it since I started college. So <laughs> <laughs> They've probably been working on it since oh, before yeah. that. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Alrighty, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, if, it if is they let what it just stay too long, I'm just worried it's gonna become over, overthought and end up being like too processed. Here's here's why they're they're getting no MSG. They're getting <laughs> two years of lead time for this movie, and my guess is so that they can do the principal photography at the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, and then spend a whole year and a half on the effects. Which. Are- probably be necessary i guess yeah so a lot of cg it, 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 it's in the same vein as i mean iron man they've kind of gotten down to a science mostly because they have all the models and they just have to switch out like textures and things and they could be they could be slashing and burning ant-man too because it's been in development longer than the whole marvel cinematic universe has been established so now that they kind of know what they're going for they might be like let's kind of reduce ant-man down to its basics and then build up from the ground up there to yeah. tailor it to this new universe yeah there's probably a lot of it at this point that doesn't fit into anything they were the working yeah, on. So. Yeah, exactly. There's probably like Bruce Banner cameos. Right. Like, weird, weird, <laughs> Edward weird Norton like as that. Bruce Banner enters the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eric Banner as Bruce Banner enters the room. That's not going to work. Oh, <laughs> uh, this draft is old. <laughs> um, okay. Bill Bixby as Bruce Banner. There's really not a lot of super interesting news to talk about, so that's good. Um, we have oodles of time. Public service announcement, Elysium, Neil Blomkamp's Elysium is being pushed from March 2013 to summer 2013. For those of you that don't recognize the name, Neil Blomkamp directed uh, 2009's District 9, which was one of my favorite movies of the year. Yes. And the so, best of the decade. Yeah. When did it get pushed back to? Summer? From August. March to summer. Okay. That's not, I guess that's not too dramatic. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost squarely a we can probably make more money in the summer. And Which is interesting. That's fine. That makes sense. It means they're confident. I would love for yeah. them to make money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing is I that I think take my take my money, Neil Blomkamp. I feel like March <laughs> probably would have been okay because then it would have been like there's nothing coming out right now. But maybe in the summer it'll be like wow, this no name movie is getting better reviews and and stuff than some of the than GI Joe the, the or big whatever. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Probably like Argo will end up doing this season. Yeah. People will be like this movie that. Has like one star essentially. Even, even then, he's pretty low key in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool that all these. I don't know. It's nice to see these like relatively young, talented, relatively no name directors like him and Ryan Johnson and Duncan Jones and them making these like knockout movies that are awesome that actually get attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Bomb Camp, man. Even the Halo short he did is so good, so cool. Well, District Nine. Yeah. It was like a powerhouse. Yeah. That summer it, it did extremely well for his first like movie. So, the marketing was great, which helped. Yeah. But that's one of the movies that's still I've seen it like I've probably seen it like probably six times. And every time that like final scene still like gets to me where I'm like Yep. Yep. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> so good. But uh any other thoughts on that? 
No, I'm, I'm excited I'm, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I don't remember who it was the other day. I'm sure I remember in like five minutes and shouted out randomly who I was arguing with that said they like Ben Affleck better than Matt Damon as an actor. I was like, no, hang on now. Ben Affleck's gotten a lot better, especially in his movies. He's actually really good, which is weird that he directs himself better than other people. <laughs> Whatever. He knows what he wants him to do. I know. I'm picturing <laughs> him in the. I'm picturing him in the mirror. That's why. And all of his movies, there's an obligatory shot of him shirtless in the mirror because I think he's talking to himself, giving direction. But uh, I was like, no, Matt Damon is definitely a way better actor than Ben Affleck. But because I don't, I don't know. I think Damon's got a lot more range. Yeah, he's done more interesting stuff. But I'm not saying Affleck's horrible now. He's he's gotten a lot better. He's actually yeah. he's pretty good in, in the last few things I've seen him in. And he's smart for turning down Justice League, I think. that's probably... He didn't turn it down. That just came out that he oh, yeah? they did not offer it to him, but he would love to do a superhero movie. Really? Yeah. Because I remember he swore off superhero movies after Daredevil. Well, maybe he was, maybe, <laughs> he was on, he was on the other people. side of it. Maybe then. he'd be okay with directing. I don't, want to do, I don't want him to do something like Justice League, though, because I, I like kind of the weird... Like little niche he's got with Dude, the movies the stand, he's made so When far. they said he was going to do the stand, I was like, yes. Yeah, because that kind of feels be like it. it fits into his filmography. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. it he makes sense. He could play Stu in a stand. He could be the lead still, and he could be good in it. He'd be fine, and he'd we'll, do a good job. We'll talk more about Ben Affleck later, but <laughs> anyway. No, we, won't. <laughs> no, we we'll will. talk about Alan Arkin. We're going to talk about Adrian Barbeau, There kids. we go. There we go. Um, final piece of news that I wanted to bring up. Uh... Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul is going to star in Need for Speed. No way. That's his. F- no okay. way. So, Aaron <laughs> Wait, Paul. Wait, like the video game Need for Speed? The video game movie adaptation. Huh? So, the reason I'm bringing this up, it's it's bittersweet. Because who cares about a Need for Speed movie? It but could be cool. It, it could be cool. Aaron I like Paul. A good driving movie. Isn't it called Fast and the Furious? Yeah, I know, yeah. Isn't that the Yeah, I don't, the I don't like this competition. Wait, what Fast Need for Speed is? Is it like movies. based on the run? Is it, it like. It's, I think it's. It's based on. What if the whole movie is like a third person view of a car? Much, <laughs> <laughs> much like Transformers and Battleship, it's based on the name alone, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. Okay. But. Uh, no, I, I just. I love Aaron Paul. I want him to start getting huge roles because he deserves them not necessarily huge roles but i want him to be more in the public eye because he's an amazing actor you know what's awesome about aaron paul i mean in addition to what's already all awesome that we already know is i just read online uh somebody said they thought he'd be good as uh eddie dean in the dark tower series yeah and he said it was like a dream of his and he's like i would absolutely do it and uh somebody from the studio or something or jj abrams or someone was like heck yes they'd be dream casting and uh I, I remember thinking that when I was watching Breaking Bad, I was like, he would be so good as Eddie, and uh, to, to actually see that in type, like him being like, yes, that would be a dream product yeah. of mine, I, that made me want to see like a Dark Tower movie happen again, although not with Javier Bardem and Ron Howard and <laughs> Akira Goldman. So, basically, get rid of everyone currently attached to it, and I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Paul's, uh, one of my favorite things about him is that he goes on Twitter and he just talks to people, like... I saw. I just saw a tweet from him. He took a picture with Pierce Brosnan at a Radiohead concert. Oh my God! Yeah, right. And he was just like, "Oh my God, look you mean at this!" With I'm... Radiohead at a Pierce Brosnan concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. A Pierce Brosnan <laughs> gathering. <laughs> but at oh, which they were man. the accompaniment. And and then he did something else. Like he heard about some dude getting 
I don't know, like totally screwed over by his girlfriend, and he's like, oh, well, at least I'm going to the Radiohead concert, and then Aaron Paul's like, dude, I'm going too, you should meet up with me. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, it, I don't think it ended up happening, but the fact that he's like so like involved with his fans and people like that, like that intimately, it, it, that's the reason that he's such a good actor, is that he just takes that much care in his life. That's super cool. So I don't know how much we need to care about... Um, Need for Speed, but if Aaron Paul is involved, then I'm I'm totally down. You're carrying Let's, a lot more now than yes. you would have been. I it, it puts it on the map for me. I'll be watching it. To tell you the truth, there's a chance that it might not even see the light of day. Well, sure. But I mean, the uh, what was that movie that Vin Diesel was supposed to star in? It was a video Wheel game. Wheelman. Wheelman. Wheel Wheel he wasn't happened. the Wheelman. So. Mm-hmm. The Wheelman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game was actually kind of cool, though. Yeah, I've heard the I've heard. Cool if it would start the Rock, it would be better. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. oh, <laughs> you could say that about many <laughs> movies. Speaking of that, the Rock was supposed to play in that a Spy, Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter. Movie. Spy Hunter. He was happened. in the game, wasn't he? Yeah. Spy Hunter Two. But the movie something? never materialized, so we'll see. Also, like Uncharted. Maybe Aaron Paul will be in a uh, a Need for Speed video game, but not the yeah. movie. <laughs> I mean, the thing that Aaron Paul was up for, he was up for um, Die Hard, a Good Day to Die Hard, the as, fifth Die Hard movie, yeah, as the John son McClane's, of John yeah. McClane. Which I think he's I a little, love. he's a little older for it, but he's also kind of a good fit for Bruce Willis too, mm-hmm. and it would have been really yeah. cool to see. But sadly, it would have been, been cool to see them argue with each other. Yeah, but didn't, isn't the guy they cast? Isn't he the lead in Spartacus? And he's like thirty something anyway. Maybe I don't know. I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not gonna. <laughs> I've see seen it. one full Die Hard movie. So which one? First one. No. Yeah. There you go. That's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. The second one's good. I've seen bits and pieces. Third one's better than the second one. The third one, one is one. almost as good as the first one, if yeah, not. It is. And it wasn't even a Die Hard movie. The third is great. It's good it's a movie called Simon Says and adapted into a Die Hard movie. I think that's how the Die Hard movies work, though, because they take already awesome action movie scripts and just put John McClane in them. Except <laughs> for the fourth one. Yeah. Well, okay. We won't Where talk John McClane fights an F-15 on a freeway <laughs> on foot. <laughs> Anyway, with a pistol, it's, it's kind of <laughs> awesome. He wins? No, that's just that's beyond the realm of even diehard fantasy. It's kind of right. awesome. So, turning into Transformers, we're gonna we're gonna move into our full review. Um, oh man, no more pointless banter. No, I don't. Can I we mean, talk about Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> I think we should. You, <laughs> you, you have Pierce Brosnan sixty seconds. You yeah. have two minutes to talk, to talk about, about Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. We have half that time. I'm going to post on the website a, the picture of Pierce Brosnan that I just flashed around to everybody while they were trying to concentrate on Alex's We'll put it talking. in the show notes. <laughs> All right, I'll, Alex says we'll put it in the show notes because it's such a it's a cover of Detonator 2 Nightwatch, and uh, it's so good. I used to just pick it up at the video store when I was having a bad day and just look at it. Yeah. And, stare, just, and, and stare dream that I would maybe one day have an awesome upside-down triangle soul patch like that and mustache. Do you, like, his faces in the Bond movies are so good. Like, cause like he gets hit with water and his cheeks just like puff out. Like they're just watch his faces in the Bond movies. It's also, uh, Evelyn is a pretty underrated family drama in which Pierce Brosnan sings. It takes place in his native Ireland, I believe. Ah. And the Matador is a very underrated character piece. If, Matador's if nobody, really good. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Tim's aroused right now. It also stars <laughs> Greg Kinnear. You had to drink some water to call, cool down. That you Brosnan heat. Too much Remington heat. Steel. Yes. You have five seconds left. I have a, I have a sweet poster. I love of, you, of, Pierce. Yeah. I wish I could go to Radiohead concerts. With okay, you. that's it. All done. No more Pierce. He, he fights Patrick Stewart in a movie. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, is that the movie where Patrick Stewart's got the machine gun? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like how you leaned into our mic. <laughs> I'm why not gonna. Why did I do that? I'm this not, is the Pierce Brosnan mic right here. <laughs> this is a dedicated Pierce mic. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen gifs of of that 
yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart in holding the Tommy gun in the white suit. And I've always just wished that it was a holodeck scene from Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, some, it's not. I'm so sorry. Or whatever. I'm sorry I ruined that for you. It's very disappointing. I do have to say, one perplexing thing regarding Pierce Brosnan is that they released a new James Bond game called 007 Legends, which sounds like a really lame marketing ploy because it's supposed to be a celebration of 50 years of James Bond. And there is one mission from each actor's era, yet Daniel Craig is James Bond in all of them. And for Pierce Brosnan's era, they chose Die Another Day. But the the idea of the game is kind of cool. I like the idea of taking all the movies and making a cohesive storyline out of each one, like an inter- yeah. wi- like interwoven storyline. It's kind of a cool idea, but it seems weird if they're... It's cause, strange. Because they're talking about celebrating 50 years of Bond, and I'm like, you know, if you're going to do this retrospective, let's have the original likenesses... Yeah, I Although get they that. did get Richard Keel back to do the voice and likeness of Jaws, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But why die another day? Like, I don't can't think of any really memorable action set pieces from that. I don't like, remember that Goldeneye, movie. which is clearly like the. Well, greatest. the only thing I can think of with Goldeneye is it's been done so many times. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Somebody else owns the game rights. Uh, that's probably uh, the biggest preclusion. Is but... it is the mission fighting Madonna? Like, <laughs> do they include a Madonna? Do they include a Timothy Dalton movie in it? Yeah, yeah, they, re- they include one from every everybody. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to. And, think. But the thing Intrigue. is, the game the game came, comes out or like came out this past Tuesday, and like the actual Daniel Craig one is not even available yet. It's going to be a Skyfall mission, and it's going to be DLC. And I'm like, what? It better be free DLC. Whatever. We are. So, so we weird. are so. So far off topic. This, yeah. is, this isn't the Midwest game nerds, guys. Yeah. Come on. Hey, we're talking Pierce about James Brosnan Bond nerds. here. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan nerds. Uh, Pierce Brosnan for Halloween now. All right. Um, How did I ever live up to that? So, into our full review. Like I said, we're talking about Argo, uh, directed uh, by Ben Affleck, also starring him, along with Brian Cranston, Alan Arkin, John Goodman, Victor Garber, Tate Donovan, and a billion other people. That's a good cast. It's, it's a really good uh, cast. You forgot Rory Cochran. I'm just yes, saying. Yes, Rory Cochran <laughs> as well. Did you the handlebar mustache? Yes. Yeah, I meant to write him down. So but, good. Yeah. Um, Synopsis-wise... The guy who already looked Canadian, so his cover was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at his passport and like, you're good. This is probably the most... Uh, straightforward synopsis that we've actually like accurate synopsis that we've had on the show as the Iranian revolution reaches a boiling point a CIA exfiltration specialist concocts a risky plan to set to free six Americans who have found their shelter at the home of a Canadian ambassador this is based on a true story um so uh I've never seen any other Ben Affleck films oh really directed films oh wow uh, that's including Gone Baby Gone, uh, The Town. Just those two. Yeah. Those two? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of those. I want to see The Town pretty bad. I'll watch both of them at some point. They're both good. What do you, what do you guys think is, uh, of Ben Affleck as a director? I think he's awesome. Um, I like him much better as a director than an actor, but yeah. I think we'll probably all agree with that. Um, <laughs> just going to put words in your mouth, gu- in your mouth guys. Cause, <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's good in his movies, though. He is. Like, he, he is. He, was good he is, absolutely. He was good in I've liked um, him in quite a few things but Phantoms. yeah oh, oh phantoms <laughs> don't don't get don't get too excited <laughs> all right um no but uh gone baby gone is is actually really really cool um mostly because the cast is so good okay and the town is really 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 well made another fantastic cast, cast. Yeah. but the only thing with the town is and I don't, I'm not going to start a heat review here because you can listen to that one already but <laughs> it is very heat it's, inspired it's very similar to heat in certain ways okay and and therefore I was a little bit distracted because of how much I like that movie okay so All right. good it is very good though yeah mm-hmm. 
What yeah. do you think, Tim? I like yeah, I like Ben Affleck quite a bit. Um, In all respects. Yeah, I walked by a copy of Surviving Christmas the other day in the video store. I'm like, oh, Ben, you've moved up that was so well. His, that was at his lowest <laughs> That was, point. oh, Ben was... Oh. Was that lower than Gigli? Yeah, I because... Was in, the, in the wake of Gigli. That was when he, he had a hard That time. was when he was like, he literally, like, I'm pretty sure he came on, on major news outlets and he was like, I'm going to be a comedy guy now. That's yeah. my new calling. <laughs> and at least with Gigli, he had um, Jennifer Lopez. And surviving Christmas, he had James Gandolfini. Uh, <laughs> so, the okay. same, not the same level. Um, he's really good at making, telling straightforward stories and making them move really well. Okay. I think that's his strength. And his casts are really good all the time. <clears throat> so I think that's the strength of Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck as a director quite a bit. So And he's good in all his movies, yeah. Well, and I want to say something on top of what you just said. This movie... Out of many of the movies that we've we've reviewed on this show, in fact, probably all of them except The Expendables, this movie has the best pacing that I've seen this year. It just kind of has momentum Absolutely. that yeah. keeps building, and that's something that I haven't seen many movies get right in, in the recent that's a huge. Memory. That's a huge blight on movie making right now. Is that movies are getting so long and they're not using all their time well? Yeah, yeah. They're just <laughs> introducing more and more and more plot threads to the point where you want it to be longer just to resolve. Like, how many times have we reviewed a movie and said I would be okay with it being fifteen minutes longer? Yeah, just to resolve all the crap you brought up. Yeah. And like this one is just like, like you said, it's it's it moves. Mm-hmm. Like that was the perfect way to describe it. But I was the tension is ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. For the last like fifty five minutes, I was just sitting on the edge of like my yep. theater seat, and I just kept like having to look away from the screen and just be like, "Holy crap!" Like, <laughs> and I knew the story. I read exactly. about the story a couple years ago on Cracked, that yeah. one article, and I read it back then, and I was like, "This is an amazing story." And then when I heard about the movie being made, I'm like, "Cool. Hopefully, it's historically accurate." And from what I can tell, they did a pretty good job. They like mixed in the footage, like the actual footage. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't. You know we what? You know, a lot that, of movies obviously. do that. But this one, I will say that sometimes it's a little jarring when they cut to like newsreel footage and stuff like sweet. that. But this, no, but this yeah. this movie did it really well because I've seen some movies where they do it where they cut back to like actual footage of things going on and you're like it kind of takes you out a little bit. This makes you feel more, you know, yeah. makes it feel more real. Yeah. you know. So I don't know. As far as Affleck as a director, um, I think he's really really good and like you said, his his cast are really great. I think the fact that he pads his movies with such great actors helps. And I remember hearing a while back that um, Affleck, a lot of the reason his movies are so well directed is that his DPs help him out a lot. Like he, I don't know if it's the same guy that he uses all the time I'll or if he uses different people, but someone said that they that it was pretty widely known that his DPs do a lot of the directing with him, either with him or for him while he's acting. They like handle a lot of the, which would make sense because I always smart. wondered how how can you be a really accomplished director if you're on camera because you're focusing. You have to be a stellar actor, which I think we all know Ben ain't. But he's not terrible, but I mean, mm-hmm. like, when you watch Mel Gibson, I'm like, I totally believe that he directed this movie and acted, because he's a great actor. Sure. I'm, I'm hanging in there, Mel. <laughs> Sorry. You're <laughs> not giving me a lot to work with, but I'm hanging in there. Uh, but Ben, I mean, Ben, he turns in good performances in his movies, and uh, that definitely, does he write? That's the other thing I want to know. Does he polish the scripts at all himself? Because they're very, I both be- of his movies. I believe, are, they, I believe he does, but i Because they're really concise. It's kind of like Nolan in the way that he takes these scripts and just condenses them down to like the the bare bones and just like let's make the movie. No, I mean, he, no one's get fair, a little blow. He was one of the writers credited on on Goodwill Hunting. Too. Yes. I mean, and which is a fantastic. He also movie. wrote uh, the town and uh, let me look at Argo. And I believe Gun, he wrote. Gun, that's Baby where a lot Gun, of the credit goes sure. too. Gone Baby Gun was based on a novel. It's based on a book. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep. But adapting a book is yeah, obviously a challenge yeah. that a lot, a lot of people do. He doesn't have a credit on Argo. Okay. And I wonder if it was his. I'm just the movie is so remarkable in its in its historical roots and how well they pulled it off that I'm so curious about all aspects of how it came to life because it's so scathing against Hollywood too. Like so much of it is like really crapping on Hollywood and against the government. (laughs) And yeah, if you know your history from that era too, it's like some pretty crazy stuff. He has a screenplay credit on Gone Baby Gone. Okay, I'm looking at the. So yeah, he's definitely a talent behind the camera, and I I really want to see him tackle a stand. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I I think I think because if that's a long, long, long book, it probably had to be two movies. To see his (laughs) brand of pacing with that book would be that'd be a white knuckle movie. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and I really like I said I really like the niche that he's kind of found. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing these kind of gritty, yeah, too gritty, but not overly gritty for this, not noirish or anything. But they feel very real, definitely. I mean, this movie was very. It did not feel Hollywood, despite the fact that the whole the whole premise of the movie is Hollywood. is It's really interesting. He's almost got a weirdly like Clint Eastwood vibe about his movies. They're yeah, they're like I movies my that. dad you know? loves. <laughs> and I don't, and I mean like you know what I mean though. <laughs> Sorry, what? They're like, like movies my dad loves. <laughs> okay. Like they're straightforward. There's no like fr- like it's not fancy, but okay. it tells a story. And it's like Clint Eastwood, <laughs> not fancy. He's had a different DP every single movie. every time. Okay. Right. I'll have to I'll have to follow up on. With I like my, that uh, movies my dad loves. I just think there's so much, and I mean we'll obviously get more into it. There's just so much to say about Argo, like in in the way it plays with Hollywood and and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like film snobs in school are going to be talking about it. I think for a while. Sure. I would certainly be. And, and I think they should. I think they should. I think it's it's something that you're that is actually worth talking about. Definitely. So. Yeah. Um. So Alex, your thoughts on Baffleck? I, I <laughs> not Catholic. Um, I I enjoyed this movie very very much. Um, I'd have to say if there is anything, I, everybody in the movie they show during the credits. Stay through the credits of the movie because it's kind of interesting. It is cool. They yeah. show the photos of the actual people uh, compared to the people who portrayed them in the movie. There were two that are off. Um, what's his name? I just said it. Uh, Tate Tate Donovan, Tate Donovan uh, is a bit younger. Yeah, and he thinner. looks like he could grow up to be that person, but he's got like twenty years on him. He's a little thinner. Yeah, and then uh, he's too chiseled. Tate. Ben Affleck's character's name is Antonio Mendez. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was okay to forgive it during the movie, but then as soon as I saw the guy, <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> and it's like, well, they didn't show they didn't show him side by side with Affleck during the credits, and I was like, that was probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I don't. <sighs> I hope there's a point where Ben Affleck feels like he can just not be in a movie he's directing at some point. Well, so I mean, Gone Baby Gone didn't have it had on Affleck, but it didn't have that Affleck. Like Affleck that's true. Clause that's where true. one has to be in. <laughs> no, there's a Titus Welliver clause. Okay, <laughs> he's in all three. Is he? He is. He's in. He is. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, he's awesome. Um, but oh yeah, I'm not complaining. But no, you're right. He didn't. I, he's uh, Ben Affleck looks does not even look like like ethnic of any sort no, in any way no. shape or form he was like i'm gonna grow a beard <laughs> dude <laughs> his maybe beard I can was so it. good though. and his beard was rocking his beard and it his was. hair I were mean, perfect like i mean 70s beards. that that was a beast you yeah. know but um no you're right it didn't i it's just like okay i suppose if i read the script for this movie i would be like i totally want to be in this and if i was directing it clearly i could make that happen but mm-hmm. still i mean i don't know maybe there wasn't somebody better 
I don't know. I don't know what the it, story is. It, it never took me out of the movie, though. That's true. Yeah, it it, it never took me out of the movie. I mean, like, the nice name Mendez is pretty yeah, common. and it was fine though. until I saw that his name was Antonio Mendez. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, his... That, that didn't bother me so much, because he could be like... I'm like, I don't know Antonio Mendez's story. Maybe his mom is Spanish and his dad is an yeah. Irish immigrant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway. Uh... So, one of the other things I wanted to say is Alan Arkin and John Goodman together is amazing. Yeah. Seriously. I would watch, like, they should just have a sitcom, because I would watch hours and hours of that. Seriously. There was one scene I, I, I mean, didn't like that I'll have to come up bring up later. Alan Arkin, in general, is amazing yeah. on his own, and John Goodman's quite quite good as well, but both of them together is even better, so. Yeah, and I, I really like John Goodman's character. I like I like all the characters. thing exactly is, like him. They're yeah. all characters, like I mean, they're all they're all written like they should be fictional characters, like they should never have existed, because yeah. they're so interesting and mm-hmm. so dynamic. But the fact that they actually did exist and they're still that fascinating—that's one of the coolest parts about this. Yeah. And it, I mean, it took a long time for this movie to get made. I mean, I don't know how long they were working on it, but it, this happened a long, long time ago, and it was yeah. declassified yeah. in the '90s. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm surprised it took them this long to make this yeah. movie because it's so interesting. You know. Um, well, one of the okay, one of the other things that I wanted to bring up that I wasn't a huge fan of was the fact that um, they kind of completely gloss over the fact that Jack Kirby was involved. I was going to bring that yeah. up in the, in the yeah. spoilers. Me and Tim. I, it doesn't have to be a spoiler, but I mean, Jack Kirby's known for his work in illustrating comics, and and he. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's understanding. He is. He is. He's the comic book illustrator. Yeah. Him and Stanley were. The, the bros. And, exactly. And Steve Ditko and a couple other yeah, guys. But. So, I mean, the fact that when they're putting the pieces, uh, it will get, it will get into the specifics of it, but the fact that his role is so completely you understated. Even say his name. Yeah, it you don't. It feels like, yeah, it was, parts were cut because they it cast does. Michael Parks. They did was, cast Michael Parks. Okay. I mean, a well, not a well known actor, but a decent, He's a name. He's a, he's, he's a name, and they didn't give him a line. Okay. No. So it seems like there were a couple scenes of his that were well, cut. It's what yeah. it, maybe that's what it takes to have a well paced movie is cutting out Jack it's Kirby. True. Maybe but cutting, cutting. Because most people fat. wouldn't have cared. Let's yeah. be it's honest. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's something that I think we noticed, but yeah. I don't think everybody's going to know. I, I mean, think... I would have at least wanted his name in there. Yeah. But, but it's in the going credits. In with the, going along with the plot of the movie, though, where they say they want to, like, they want it to be big. They want it to be legitimate. It would. What exactly. would have been more legitimate than saying, "Hey, we have the guy who draws Spider-Man and X-Men and mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. and Captain America and Thor. He's doing everything." Our boards. <laughs> they, I mean, exactly. It's like they should have emphasized the fact that this is like a, a legend, a collaboration <laughs> of many people from many different, you know, completely entertainment mediums. Yes. So that's the the cracked article for anybody who wants, who's curious after this, who listens to this, uh, looking it up. There was a cracked article that said like five stories involving tons of people that you won't believe are true or something. Yeah. And they talked about how the number one one was definitely the most interesting. They talked about how Roald Dahl, the children's author, was like a spy for the British government. Yep. And right. yeah. 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 He used to sleep his way to like information. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But uh, I think it was number two was the Argo story. And it was yeah. Jack Kirby, the Canadian ambassador. Uh, all these people worked together on this crazy plan to rescue these hostages. And uh, now, people now, from all walks of life were consulted on this. Uh, on the mission in yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Which is why it's so cool. I didn't read up on the the history of this before I saw the movie on purpose because I kind of yeah. wanted to. I, I I was like, since I I happen to not know the story, I kind of want to go in blind, so I, I'm not sure yeah. exactly what happened, you know. Um, but uh, was Kirby? But did he know? 
like like that this mission was going on? Was that something that he was aware of? Do you guys know? I don't know. Or was I'm he just sure. commissioned to do this work, not knowing that it was an actual... I don't know. I was just I curious. I would imagine he would have been commissioned to do it not knowing. Not yeah, knowing it being, was a... Being okay. an artist, I think that's one of the... They could have just been like, we need art for a movie that I'm looks sure like that this. that was the case. I was just curious because I was like, it'd be even cooler if Jack Kirby knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I was curious because I was wondering how much money, how much of a fund they had for this operation because I was like, I didn't get the impression that they were giving people money. They were just, you know... Asking for They favors. were just appealing to people's like sense of humanity saying, yeah. hey, do you want to save these people? Because when Jack Goodman has that awesome funny moment where he's like we gotta convince someone to make a fake movie for free and yeah. all that stuff and I was like yeah yeah I'll have to read up on it because I'm very curious because yeah. you know I mean, I love me, me some too. Jack well, there was so. another, I saw an article on it that said how historically accurate is Argo and I didn't start reading it yet but I'm I'm gonna look into it yeah I one of the other things uh, I don't remember where I read it exactly uh, it might have been on IMDB in the trivia notes but uh, when this was shown at Sundance or something uh people were complaining about the fact that the Canadian government's role is completely understated, and that caused Ben Affleck to go in and put in some of the postscript stuff that he does during the end of the movie. Because apparently, like, if you pay attention to the movie up to that point, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, the Canadian dude is just running out of his house to these six guys that are just chilling there for a while. But apparently the Canadian government was, like, a huge player in making... Because they get them the, the passports and, like, everything. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I just thought that was well, interesting. Well, and that was an incredibly, incredibly brave and risky move on the Canadian ambassador's part. Oh, he could have been killed. Him Vic- and his wife both. Victor Garber, such a good man. He was awesome. His curly hair was really cool. Good I chat. love Victor Garber. <laughs> Everybody's hair in this movie was... Pristine. Yeah, actually, <laughs> makes me yearn for a even Alan a Arkin's time. hair, which that, is non-existent. <laughs> that was one other thing that I wanted to say is that I had a little bit of trouble with some of the uh, some of the hairstylings and mustaches, but no. I no 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 <laughs> not that they didn't look amazing, but it's just the fact that me growing up in the '90s. They seem like caricatures of the '70s, but that's what it was really like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look exactly. at these pictures of the people's and the people in the end, and it's the like people's? they look exactly like they do in the movie. And it's, it's funny just... because I've watched Dazing and Fuse, which is a movie I love, which was yeah. made in the '90s about the '70s. Yeah, and I've watched. I watched the first time I watched it. I loved it, but then I watched it with my mom, and she was like. I was like, this seems, is this over the top? And she's like, no, this is what we look like. <laughs> she's like, seriously, like, this yeah. is pretty much how it looked like. So that was, I had that moment during this movie. I was yeah. like. It, it, it all seemed pretty authentic to me. Yeah. Yeah, but especially I, can, I can see why you could look at it and go, this looks like overly especially, 70s. Uh, even though it's Tate Donovan's get up with the ascot and all oh, that. Oh, it was so yeah, sweet. So I thought good. that was hilarious. Yeah, that was really good. He definitely good. looked the most like a director. Yeah, really exactly. Funny. I was like, he totally looks like a director. But. Very cool. All right. Let's, uh, spoilers, you think? Any other yeah, thoughts already, like, before spoilers? Pretty, we've leaned into uh, yeah. spoiler territory a little bit. Sorry I've been so quiet. I've just been thinking about that Roald Dahl spy movie that I want to make. <laughs> Starring uh, you. Yes, you it's Roald Dahl. Dahl. Yes. My big Sleeping his way to the top. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think it's safe to say... I think it's safe to say that all all four of us enjoyed the movie very yeah. much and yes. highly recommend it. This will probably end up being the, the highest rated movie that we've all seen, besides Heat. I mean, the highest rated movie we've watched. Yeah, like yeah. a anyway, new release. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. So I, I think it's certainly a movie that will show up on my top ten at the end of the year. It could. So, um, that is something to take into account. But we're going to go into spoilers. We're going to take a quick little break, and then uh, 
Those of you who don't want to hear them, you can zoom ahead by 20 minutes and listen to some food for thought. Brought to you by Willie Gibbs. So, be right back. territory for Argo. So, Nick, I know you have a few things that you wanted to to bring up. Always. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, I think we covered in the non-spoiler section, we covered, I think, a lot of our general feelings. I I don't think there's too much more to say on the good front other than the great things about it. Obviously, the pacing was insane. The tension was just, right from the opening scene, I was like, holy crap, this will not let up. Like, it was just it was very, very intense because it felt very real. Yeah. And Affleck's use of everything, his, like, the use of, of camera was great. How mm-hmm. he started out intimate in this crowd and it was just very... very and then the, the crane shot were craned up and I was like, wow, he got like 300 extras to yeah. stand in the streets of Turkey is where they filmed all that stuff. Yeah. Um, very authentic feeling. And the, the, the settings, the costumes, the technology, everything just was great. Um, Brian Cranston, of course, was killer. Always, Always amazing. Is. <laughs> I was unsure as to the authenticity of the, we're pulling the op, it's not happening anymore, and like, no, we're just going to leave him there, what, and I'm going to pose this as his, the kid's principal, and like, I was like, this is probably all enhanced for a dramatic purpose, but yeah. it was very effective, though, it was that, really good. That whole, they could have just put that in for a dramatic effect. I was wondering if the op had actually been pulled, and I was like, that seems doubtful. Because that lights a little bit of a fire through multiple points through that end of the movie obviously. yeah if they but. if they it seems like if they would sanction an op it would go through like especially it's something that clandestine at that level of international importance i don't see them being like nope <laughs> yeah burn them but uh anyway brian cranston was great that whole that whole tense final bit where they're trying to get on the plane and everything everything at the airport was just seriously edgier seat killer yeah um john goodman and alaric Arkin were great like you said but the shot of the two of them like celebrating and hugging each other they're really the really shoddy Steadicam work on that shot. Uh, I, I'm, this is a legitimate complaint, though. It was very weird. I was like, this is a really weird shot. Like, it, there was tons of headroom, and I was like, this is... Are they trying to show the WB tower in the background or something? Like, it was it was a weird shot, and I was like, this seems weird that these two old jaded movie guys would be, like, hugging each other and crying, and just, like... It worked with, like, the movie score and everything, and this yeah. awesome moment, it worked. But at the same time, I was like, this seems... They seem more like the type to just kind of be, like thumbs up to each other and like light a, a couple shakes and yeah they didn't seem like the two to just get all gale over each other like especially Alan Arkin but it was just a weird it was it kind of interrupted the the moment for me I was like eh, whatever I don't remember it it was very like Mighty Ducks but... moment where everyone's like yeah and I was like okay <laughs> it belonged to a different movie yeah exactly it just was weird um but the two main complaints I had was that Ben Affleck had to be shirtless at one point I was like really because going into the movie I'm like a Ben Affleck will look nothing like the real guy. I mean, the real guy is probably fat, eats too much fast food, is under overworked, undernourished, underslept, and probably is like a slob. And from the brief picture you see of him shaking hands with Jimmy Carter, he's like short and a little fatter. Yeah. And probably more like what he looked like. And I was thinking to myself, if they show Ben Affleck A, working out, or B, being ripped, I'm going to be annoyed because his character <laughs> would never have the time to do that. Yeah. And sure enough, you see him putting his shirt on, he's like chiseled as hell. And yep. I was like, oh, come on, man. Why does there have to be a shot of... There's, in every movie that he's in, 
there's like that shot and i was coming like come on that's what I bothers think, me as a director i think one. the director is just really in love with that body <laughs> that's what i'm saying like why does he have to throw that in there come on but the only other thing was he has a weird tendency at, at least i haven't seen gone baby gone yet and but with both the town and this movie there's this weird unnecessary coda at the end of each movie where he has to have this moment of like of emotional okay. like closure with his character in okay. the town, there is an absolutely incredibly masturbatory scene at the end of him like getting this little bit of character resolution that does not need to be in the movie. And I remember both me and Katya when we were in the theater, we turned to each other like, "Why was that there?" <laughs> and in this movie, there's the scene of him coming to his house. Yep. And I was like, "Why is this here?" Like, there's n- there's no development of his conflict with his wife. I'm no. like, did he leave her? Did she kick him out? Because when he sees her, she has this look on her face like, oh my god, he's back. Ben yeah. Affleck's back. And I was like... <laughs> I mean, did you see that, bud? But I'm like, but I'm like, where was... But then I just got... <laughs> that was the setup, was the shot <laughs> with the... Yep. Now you missing. know why... But I was just wondering, him. I'm like, what is the source of the tension between this couple? And yeah. the scene just seemed like it opened up more... It was, it was worth it to see him with his son and see the storyboard and the kid's awesome mm-hmm. Star Wars collection. But it was just a very weird, unnecessary, like... No, I can I come in. I agree. Being like I was like, this does I mean, not need to be in this movie. You obviously get some of the undertones of what's wrong with the relationship because he clearly lives in Washington. Like right, and obviously characters like that, they're married to their jobs. Yeah, and I would have been more happy. I, I would have been more. I would have been more satisfied if if his character did not have this emotional subplot. Like it would have been enough. If it would have been almost better if he didn't reconcile with his family to show that. He loses his family, but it's worth it because he's saving people, and he can never talk about like that's the tragedy of the character is that his family life is in tatters, yet yeah. he's saving people. Like that, it would have been so much more effective, I think, as like a conclusion. And that and was then, like my main beef. I'm like, why do we have this stupid blue house with a white picket fence? <laughs> And comes home and his fur and a stupid rack focus to his face when he comes to the porch. I was like, why was that? Ne- like, like he's some, it was like something out of an eighties movie, like rack focused, like Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool. That was but it was weird. Ben. Ad- Do you know what I'm talking about? That was weird. This is literally what like, happened. I was first sitting I'm like, like this. is it supposed to be somebody else walking out of the exactly. porch? Exactly. Was it someone coming to deliver the news? Like, this is a mystery. Died. Yeah. And then it rolls to him, and I just this is literally. I was sitting here and I went. <laughs> I lean way back, like, what the hell? That was so weird. Just a weird directorial choice. And I was like, okay, Ben Affleck is spending too much time on himself. He's just really in love with himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that that, that final scene really bothered me. I was like, this... And it was the exact same thing with the town. I liked the town a lot. And that final bit... I, do you guys... Do you remember... Who's seen it? You've seen it, right? It's been yeah, a while. Do you remember that? I don't, but I... No, I don't I, either. He, I like, believe he, it. He, like, leaves Boston yeah. or whatever, Shh. and... What you, oh, you haven't seen Are you no. going to watch The Town yes! tomorrow? I really want to watch The Town. All right, we won't talk about it. The only you argument I will about. make against the thing at the end with you, with him and his son or whatever, is that I thought it was... I liked the... Not necessarily the... the Him and laying with his son, and there's like this no. like reconciliation or anything, but I yeah. liked the fact that like that's where the plan began. You know, like in his that's son's true. bedroom, and that's it ended true. there. You know what I mean? His son was the one that really... Gave him the inspiration for this movie plan well, in the first and I was, place. I was kind thinking, of. as as Nick was saying, what he would, how he would rather it go. I was thinking, yeah, and then he could have just mailed his son the storyboard, and we could still get that thing. That would have been end, cooler if, would... like, you had seen it on his son's shelf next to his stuff. Yeah. Cause, like the, it was just weird. I, I almost would have, and I, obviously, if it's historically accurate that he, his family life turned out okay, because it said he lives in Maryland with his family. And yeah. I'm like, that's great. But the, I would have almost rather for for dramatic purposes, it be. 
his life sucks, but he's doing something important. Like it, it would have been worth it to see him like just immediately drinking alcohol on the plane and like thinking about the next like whatever he's got to do and have all these people like crying and celebrating because they get to go on and live like relatively normal lives. And, yeah. Like it's it's cool. It'd be cool if his life was terrible. And <laughs> but it, but it's worth it because that's the sacrifice that you make to do that kind of work. You do amazing things. Like you save six innocent people, but your life is horrible. Well, that'll be the weird like even less accurate version of Argo that comes out in some weird format that's true. years if, if from now. If this is more historically accurate, if that's what happened, then good for Tony Mendez. It's like it's like uh it's like when they did the King of Kong documentary and then we're like, oh we're gonna make a King of Kong movie. No. Yeah. It's like mm. like taking except it's you know Or Dogtown. Like Yes, like Dog Dogtown and Dogtown Z Boys and, Z -Boys, and then Lords of Dogtown. Lords of Dogtown was kinda cool though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm just it's it's similar though, it's like just in that a, idea. Like I don't it's like it's a weird Hollywood's of... farming out anything they can twice <laughs> if possible. So I I mean I'll be curious to see what more people think if if I'll read the same criticism online, but I, I just remember instantly thinking, why does Ben Affleck have these scenes at the end of his movie? It didn't bother me, but I, I now that you say it I I'm just like, yeah, that totally why it does. wasn't necessary no i agree that was coach bombay coming home <laughs> to hans or whatever the guy's name was spoiler <laughs> i'm just kidding the only other thing i'll say really briefly that was really really good was uh scoot mcnary who has a really silly name but he was the he was the somewhat antagonistic uh hostage or okay. not hostage but um and he was really good in monsters which i really liked mm -hmm. and it was a movie that i think a lot of people didn't like because it didn't have a lot of action but it was a really good like but I remember while I was watching, I'm like, this guy's really good. I hope he gets more work because I thought, no, we'd never hear from anyone in that movie again, Gareth right. Edwards or, or him. And he's directing Godzilla. Yeah. And yeah. Scoot McNary is in this, and he's in the upcoming Killing Them Softly, which I'm very excited for. I know like no one else is, but I can't wait to prove you all wrong that it's going to be awesome. I, uh, I'm neither super excited that nor trailer not is so excited. Good. Okay, but anyway, um, he's really good though. I think he's he's got a lot of talent. I had I had a little bit of a problem with the character arc. Like I liked where the arc the general broad strokes of the arc, but I didn't like uh, him being, like, the only person that's, the like... The save the day? No, no, no. It's okay with him, like, saving the day, but for some reason, like, him being so opposed to the whole thing just really didn't play well with me. Like, everybody else in the group was like, this is our only... This is the only way that we are going to get out of here. Well, I think it was interesting because he... They they said initially when they were when they were setting up the profiles they said that Tate Donovan's character was most likely to be the leader but it was Scoot McNary's character who was like we need to get out now and they all said they're like if it wasn't for him saying that we wouldn't have gotten out in the first place and it was interesting that they thought this guy would be the leader where it kind of was him because they all they all listened to him when he was like we can't do this so some, they kind of like listened to his criticisms but they definitely were they were more trusting of the guy but I thought it was good that at least one of them was antagonistic because if the movie was like they're just like okay. I just think it would have been. It might have been a little bit better if if the group had objected more, because they certainly are like, "Are you kidding me?" About I think this it was plan, just his but... character because he he put his wife in the line of danger like yeah. that, and so he thought it was he it was his responsibility to take care of her now and not trust blindly someone else. Okay. But yeah, that makes sense. But by the end of how how long were they there? Uh, like six months or something, or not? No, not it was long. like. It was almost. I think it was four hundred and forty-four. No, that days was that, that was the, the hostages. Those, yeah, the hostages yeah. were there for those six were there. It was several months for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure because I remember it exactly. said sixty-nine days later, and I was like, 
But uh, no, <laughs> no, it's uh, I remember it was like it was like sixty nine days later, so I was like, okay, months have passed. These people yeah. have been hiding in this guy's crawl space. So clearly, I think once an option presented itself, most rational people would be like, let's get the hell yeah. out of here. But he was so down on we're gonna die here that anyway, okay, that took far too long. All right, so. You two that That's alright, because I don't have, I mean, okay. I don't have too much. I was going to say, <laughs> there's got to be something, I, though. What do you think? I just want to say that Nick is obviously heartless and has no soul, because I wanted to hug John Goodman and Alan Arkin so hard <laughs> at the end of that movie. Like, what, great, what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh. The whole movie is so expertly directed, and then there's that one shot which is like... I, 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 I'm just scared <laughs> with you. Um, what was I going to say? His cats are awesome. I mean... He casts like really good actors in just bit parts. Like yeah. the only disappointment, Bob Gunton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest disappointment in that movie for me was there is not a screen or a scene between Brian Cranston and um, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yes. I didn't, like, yes. Not even a phone conversation between Dude, those two. I geeked out so hard when <laughs> when Kyle Chandler, Chandler, Chandler showed up. Yeah. There are Get so many Get good character actors and and people throughout, like peppered throughout this yeah. movie. There was just a weird thing I want to say about how Hollywood. It- we get these awesome bit, smaller actors like Kyle Chandler and stuff, but mm-hmm. how Hollywood's continually using them because I saw a trailer for Stand Up Guys, which looks amazing, and has Alan Arkin, and he was in this movie, and there was a trailer for Zero Dark Thirty, which also looks really good. I didn't want to watch the trailer, but it was a really good trailer, and that stars Kyle Chandler as well. And then I saw them both in this movie, and I was like, interesting how really good actors are at least we like we think crappy actors get recycled all the time like Nicolas Cage but then there's these really good actors that are popping up all the time but Zero yeah. Dark Thirty does look really good okay. mm-hmm. I know when you and I saw I think it was Looper we were both like la 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 and yeah. covered our eyes we didn't want to see it but uh, it does look good anyway. <laughs> I didn't mean to Kyle Chandler I think Super 8 was a good uh, injection for him yeah yeah and um yeah Adrian Barbeau Oh yeah, the movie queen. Bring it in because yeah, she was like in the that. real life. Was I that like her? Yeah, oh, that was yeah. her. She looked uh, good, yeah. dude. She looked good. She did Car- look good. Carpenter had that for a while. I'm just did. saying. Well, let me just say there were two uh, Whedon alums in this yes, movie. You've were. got not only Tom Lank playing a variety reporter with, at, at the with table one read. One line. Yeah, he has one line. But when I saw him, I was like, "That's amazing." It's still awesome. But then the other one, I, I don't know how how to say the guy's name, but it's Keith. Zarabaka or something okay. like that. Oh, okay. He played Holtz in, in Angel Season Keith 3. Sarbaja, Sar- something like that. Something like that. And he plays one of the... He's one of the, the government types that's in the meeting at the beginning for the different ideas that they have to get mm-hmm. the, the hostage or the six out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just does really well in the part. And I've seen him in a few different things since Angel and I just, I'm starting to like him. He did a voice in Dead Space. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, that's awesome. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, he's always very no. Very he's competent. The, he's Doctor Kine, the crazy doctor. Okay, yeah, you only played the second one, really. Oh yeah, but um, <laughs> but so I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of really really good actors, not only in the main cast, but also the smaller roles too. Yes, yeah, <clears throat> and then the Cylons from the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that was cool. There, I? Yep. I was pretty excited yeah. about that. They referenced all the greats. Yeah, of that yeah. time. He was Sultans inspired. Of Swing was in the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. It was very chopped up. I was like, that's not how the song goes. Yeah. I know every note of It was cool, though. It was cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's just a good, solid movie. I don't have too many complaints. There were parts at the end that I felt like, I'm like, okay, you're embellishing a little, but I forgive it because you have to with a true story. To make it dramatic you know enough. Yeah, where, you do. Yeah. You do. So that's about it. I liked it quite a bit. Willie. Um... Uh, just a couple things. Uh, first of all, I 
right. love the fact that they the whole the whole thing the, everything that happens in the movie is inspired by fear, you know, because you know the Iranians are afraid of a certain you know the original I don't remember what his name is, but the leader that was yeah. exported off to uh, the U.S. Yep. extradited, and then um, but they. He, Affleck does a really good job of invoking fear in you as an audience member right from the get-go. Because when when the protesters are chanting and stuff, and like just the audio of it, you feel like you're yeah. there, and, and you start feeling like scared. Like absolutely. if I was in this building, I would be absolutely petrified right yeah. now. So they did a really really good job of that. Um, I loved all the little cameos and bit parts here and there, like everybody else did. Yep. Super super cool. You already said Adrian Barbeau, yes. which was awesome, and there were countless others. That. No, there were countless other people yeah. in this movie. Which um, she was the actress that came up when they were auditioning or doing. She the was table doing read. one of the read through. Oh, Arkin's yeah. ex-wife. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. How did I not recognize? Yeah, that was Adrian Barbeau. It took me a second, but it, yeah. it was it was definitely her. Um, and then the only other thought I had during the movie, which goes back to the Jack Kirby thing, is um, towards the end of the movie. Um, the story, the storyboards are given to the Iranian guards yeah. at the airport, and I'm like, if that actually, this pretend that actually happened, that that was a factual thing that took place during these events, those dudes are loaded right now because original Jack Kirby art, like, yeah, if they if they don't realize it, maybe they'll realize it if they see this movie. If they see this movie, <laughs> like, hey, that was me. Oh, hey, I'm I had that. betting they're probably dead. Yeah, probably. Executed. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. But you know what? I like to think they live on. You yeah. Know? Maybe. Maybe. I like to think maybe that there's a couple of pieces of Jack Kirby art in a, in a, in a basement in Iran right now. Yep. We should film a documentary about us going to find those. <laughs> Along with the, uh, the, the prosthetic... Uh, yes. Uh, the, 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 the puppet from uh, Pet Cemetery. I had this... Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. The Miko Hughes puppet? Miko Hughes. Yeah. I had this idea... Okay, this, I'm going to digress real quick. I had this idea for a show <laughs> where like it was a group of guys like ourselves that drive around the U.S. either checking out filming locations from old movies or trying to track down awesome props from old movies, yeah. like the Miko Hughes puppet from Pet Cemetery. I don't know. It was really silly, but <laughs> I still think somebody should do it because I think it'd be awesome, especially with like Auction Hunters and all those shows being popular. Right yeah. Now. Anyway. Um, Nobody so no. steal that. We're going to do that <laughs> at some point. Probably should. I, uh, Miko I've, Hughes I've said too much. Uh, uh, this, this, this consists of our prior art for Well, the idea is that we show. team up with Miko Hughes to track down this puppet. <laughs> okay. He needs work. Or go see him, you know, and be like, hey, what happened to the puppet, dude? Yeah. You know. Get anyway, some background info. Regardless, uh, no, Argo, um, fantastic movie. Um, loved pretty much everything about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought of one other complaint. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Sure. Yeah, get up on it. All right. Uh, w- one complaint that uh, Katya had when she saw it, she said that she thought some of the moments of humor were too abrupt. Like something would be very serious, and then there'd be a weird joke and then immediately like, back to back yeah. to like extreme tension and I I kind of I see I definitely see what she's saying but I was like I don't know about you but I needed those moments of emotional release because yeah. like it was so intense that I was just like ah! like laugh really awkwardly <laughs> and then be like oh my god back to the back to the pain back to the I'm trying to think knuckle. there was one moment that I burst out laughing at that n- <laughs> almost nobody else in the theater did and I'm trying to think of what it was the scene where uh where the guys were looking at the storyboards was making me laugh when they were like, yeah, this is yeah. cool. And also, there was a cool, probably unintentional Star Wars reference when uh, when Scoot McNary is speaking in Farsi and he's telling them the premise, he's going, making the sound effects. I'm like, this is 3PO telling the Ewoks what they've been up to yeah. for two movies. Yeah. Like, exactly. That's pretty cool. And there's an interesting bit of trivia, too. Uh, 
on IMDb. It says, in order to make the movie feel like the 1970s, Ben Affleck shot it on regular film, cut the frames in half, and blew those images up 200% to increase their grain. He also copied camera movements and bustling office scenes from all the president's men for sequences depicting CIA headquarters. For LA exteriors, he borrowed from the killing of a Chinese bookie. And I did notice that he makes really great use of, of all the camera tools. Like like I said, that crane shot early yeah. on was really killer, and he uses the city cam really well in all those office sequences. Like, using, like, tables or, like, desks as foreground and, like, yeah. cutting in between and stuff was just very, very cool shots that he... He really knows how to shoot a movie. Like it's it's interesting. There's not tons of crazy editing, and he just does a really good. It did feel almost like a movie made in the seventies. I do. I really, really wish that I remembered what that moment was. You remember when in the movie it was? It was somewhere towards the middle, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I could probably call Brittany and be like, "Hey, what was that moment?" <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, and uh, but there was one little thing. I left really hard at the end, and I, I get it, which is weird because, well, it's funny how he sets, like, their celebration, He go, and it's right after, like, they say, you're allowed to drink alcohol now, yeah. and everybody's just so excited, and everybody around the plane has got to be like, why are these alcoholics just so pumped about <laughs> drinking alcohol? I remember thinking that, like, that seems weird to have, I don't know, I remember thinking that, like, this is a very... Yeah, unique celebration. The shot of him looking out the window and seeing the police cars gaining on the plane, I was like, "Holy yeah, shit!" That was really yeah. good. How how much would your heart sink into the pit of your stomach? Like, it's one thing you do with this movie a lot is put yourself in the shoes of the people that, that are, are, really are living good. it. When he looks out you know. the window and they're right next to the plane, I was like, "Oh my god!" The tension would be. I'd shut the window. The, there's some terrifying stuff in that movie that was really, for sure. Really, really, there good. really is. And Iranians when they yell are very scary. <laughs> Just saying. That scene in the in the Grand Bazaar. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I was nervous. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't remember what it is. It's something to do with uh, Alan Arkin and John Goodman, but you know, maybe maybe I'll think of Alan it. Alan Arkin at the uh, at the whole like John Goodman's character was really good about uh, going along with the farce, and Alan Arkin yeah. didn't seem particularly interested in no. when the guy was interviewing him, and he's like, why, is that a reference to Jason and the Golden He's Space? like, I don't know, I don't oh, care. No. And he's like, you don't know, what do you mean you don't know? And he's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Arkin was a man. Very good stuff. Yeah. All around. Alright, so we're going to take another little break, and then jump You're into... Gonna, did you really say much? No, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, I agreed. How about How about a grade? Friends. You want to give it a grade? Uh, Grade-wise, uh, this movie's an A. I, it's I, I pretty much have to agree. Well-made on yeah. all accounts. Performances are fantastic. The score could have been a little more memorable, but how do you make a memorable score? You don't. You just it make was, a score. It was by uh, Alexander... The Splot, Plot, yeah. yeah. And then, who did Tree of Life, but that score is really good. And I, with this one, I was like... It was good. It, it was right at all. the right. I had all the Mighty Ducks moments. Nothing down. felt out of place. Yeah. No. Which is fine enough for it me. It wasn't distracting. I never go into a movie expecting a score to be like going. Oh, the score's gonna be amazing. Yeah. It wasn't the yeah. one thing it did really well was it was not too obnoxious with the. I know Joss Whedon calls it the the Waylon woman, where there's always in any movie with any tinge of Middle Eastern anything. There's always a woman going. Nah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, way too much. It didn't do a lot yeah. of that. It, did, it didn't no. have too much of it though. <laughs> Tim's, <laughs> Tim's dying over here. <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't too heavy handed though. No, yeah, it wasn't. I remember it really reading a really good article where they said. This is becoming a way too obnoxious cue yeah. in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see it is. anybody remotely Middle Eastern, and that you just hear it. <laughs> it's borderline it, racist. Yeah, exactly. It is. And I was actually wondering. I'm like, I hope the average viewer takes away from this movie that like 
the Iranian people were in a bad place too. Yeah, like, absolutely. I hope, I hope this doesn't make people like racist against Middle Eastern. No, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I I didn't walk away feeling like. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like it, you hate. Yeah. No, I didn't. I don't, I don't think I, anybody will. Seeing this I movie, hope, nobody will be more racist towards people than they already are. I so. just remember, yeah. like, or any Crash, less racist. When I Crash suppose. came out, there were those extreme characters of like when Brian Doyle Murray, I think it was, played, or no, no, the guy from Rescue Me played like the really racist like party store. Yeah, it was, I was like, this is so silly. Yeah. And, like, but people actually feel that way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Tim. Yeah. Got a grade for it. I go with A. All right. I go with A. I liked all the um. I want to. I liked all the smoking in it because there is nothing I hate <laughs> more yeah. than a set a movie set in the seventies, like in a police station or like CIA mm-hmm. that like has no smoking in it. Like it's it takes me out of it completely. So I liked how smoky it was. Yeah. So yeah. for the smokiness, it made me want a cigarette the whole time I was watching it. By the way, <laughs> what between was the sexy factor, the sexy fa- well the shirtless moment helped it. Um, ladies, not a lot of lady. I mean, one of the one of the six hostages is pretty attractive. Most mm-hmm. Was yeah. that um was that one of the gossip girls? No. No. Okay. Um but Clea Duvall, my girl Clea, Clea from Duvall. the faculty. <laughs> Boom. Black hair girl. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was cute. So the one, one wasn't the go- the gossip girls, huh? No, I don't believe so. I thought maybe I Ben know. was going for the uh for the Blake Lively. Ah, he was trying to get all the gossip <laughs> <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> That's his ultimate plan. Um yeah. <laughs> Just cast all to of them. bed the cast of gossip girls. <laughs> Adrian Barbeau brought the heat. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Next time I see it, I'm going to keep an eye on it. The, the, the Adrian Barbeau. Kyle Chandler. Uh, Brestis is were looking yeah. great, as always. Kyle Chandler's hair was kind of disheveled. Like, I like yeah. it. Very yeah. Sexy. A little dirty. Pretty great. Yeah. He kind of has 70s hair. He with. really does. Yeah. yeah. Just take it and yep. do the swoop. <laughs> How about you, Nick? A, Letter grade? For sure. Good. Awesome. Well, we we liked this movie. A, it, when I told my friend at work today, I was like, I would give it out of a 10. I'm like, I'm thinking like 9.5. And he, his eyes just bugged. He's like, what? And I'm like, it's really good. Yeah. It's it just really straightforward. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Pure good. Sweet. Affleck, Affleck gets three out of three, I think, in the public's eye. So Ben Affleck should not go Argo F himself. No. No, he should, he should no. not make Argo 2. No. No, Argo 2. Argo harder. Oh, boy. Argo 2, the streets. The jamma jam. Okay. Argo 2, the squeakquel. <laughs> Our best unrealized Tumblr idea. The squeakquel. Uh, Alright, uh, so we'll be right back with Food uh, Thought brought to you by Willie. start with some food for thought provided by Willie, but it could be provided by you if you send in a question for us, or you can send in your comments or general thoughts to Midwest Film Nerds, or no, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. But Willie, take it away. All right, boys, give me some of your best and worst examples of using source music in a movie. That is, music, not written for the movie, could be a band, whatever. Popular music. Of popular usually music. Usually popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's pretend it's popular, okay? Miley Cyrus, if necessary. <laughs> no I, Miley Cyrus. Oh, I'll use it. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go first, okay. I'm not shy. Um, let's start with one of the worst. Daredevil. Ah, ah. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> Evanescence every eight seconds yes. is... 
like it, they play that Evanescence like five times. Then it feels wow. like five times. It might only be like two, but it feels like five times. And all of it's really corny, especially the Electra fight <laughs> yep. scene where she's like <laughs> boxing with size. It's really stupid. Um, some of my favorites. Um, oh, it's so dumb. She took the time to p- whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, some of my favorites. I I love uh, the Ramones in. School of Rock, which is a great soundtrack, as it should, but I like the montage, especially there's a scene when the, the kid who's the drummer for the band in the class, when he's watching um, John Bonham drum, and he's just, like, mesmerized, and I was like, what a great, like, yeah. if, if you truly feel the wonder of music being passed down to this kid, you know, like, it's very cool. Um, I'm also a big fan of, well, The End of Heat, which we've talked about, I won't go into it, but that's yeah. actually source music, the yeah. final scene. Yep. Um, Moby. Um... I am also a huge fan of, like, 90% of the music used in Empire Records. Yeah. That movie's awesome, and it fits the movie so well. I love um, Love Struck Romeo in Can't Hardly Wait, the use of Love Struck Romeo. Mm-hmm. Or Romeo and Juliet, I guess it's called, but whatever. You know, um, That's really well done. Um, God, there's so many. There's so many good ones, you know? There's so many yeah. good ones. There really are. Um, and I got to throw it out there... Um, Ario Speedwagon and Cabin in the Woods. Yep. Roll the changes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really awesome when it comes in. And it's like the it's like that awesome, perfect somehow they found the perfect, like no other song would work as well as that song did, you know? Yeah. And you gotta appreciate that. So Yeah. Yes, I will agree with that. The worst one I can think of off the top of my head is Knights in White Satin by Rob in Rob Zombies H two. Halloween 2. Oh, it's bad. Mostly because the scene goes on for like 20 minutes. It like, ends up being a dream scene. Doesn't Knights in White Satin play for all 20 minutes yeah, of it too? So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's so, so bad. But he uses source music well sometimes. He does. Because Devil's Rejects is the best use of um, Freebird yeah. I've yes. ever seen yeah, in a movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, pretty much any Tarantino or Wes Anderson movie. I was going to bring up Wes Anderson. Okay, yeah, okay we're any, on good now, right? Yes, okay. Good. No, good, good, good. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. I uh, mean, particularly, I was thinking, like, these days, in Needle in the Hay, yes. and uh, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. and then any of the Bowie that's in... Uh, Bowie. Life Aquatic. Yeah. Life Aquatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sticks out, for sure. Yeah, and the Hank who, Williams. Who sings the... the... Sue George? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah I, and I mean, even... There are even some moments... Like, Life on Mars... Is they have the original <laughs> recording of it, it in the yeah. okay okay so the other movie that sticks out in my head is Gross Point Blank. Okay, I love uh, yeah. the use of music in that because it's all like the '80s alternative. Cusack movies. Cusack movies tend to be. High oh, yeah, High Fidelity's got a great yeah. soundtrack. Too. School really of Rock. Good. Yes. Yeah, it's got a Cusack. It does have Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> Specific ones. I love Raindrops Falling on My Head from Spider-Man Two. It's really good. I love it. It's so funny. It's so that goofy really, and cheesy. That one. My personal favorite, though, is the... I'm going to spoil American Werewolf in London. But okay. it's fine. at the end when the main character dies... Spoiler. <laughs> he, cuts, he cuts to Blue Moon by Bobby Vinton. And it's so funny and dark. And just, like, it's so Such good. Such black humor. I amazing. love it so much. So that's probably my favorite. That's awesome. Okay. All right, Nick. Nicholas. Nicholas. Okay. I've got a pretty long list, but I'm going to skip some of them. Um, I was thinking initially, like I said, I was thinking we were talking about music that the characters in the movies are actually hearing, so that's what I started my list with. And I I always thought uh, the use of uh, True Faith by the band New Order in American Psycho was really funny, because there's these dudes in suits at like this club, and it just, like, it's just like perfect how it's used. 
Um, I thought for sure you were gonna mention uh, Steeler's Wheel in Reservoir Dogs. It's really good. Uh, it's really, that's really good. That's like really famous. And the thing is, if I had more time to think of the answer to my own question, <laughs> I probably would have added that one in there as well. But I know you're not quite as over the moon for Tarantino as you used to be when. No, Reservoir Dogs was one of those movies that I think when I as I was becoming a bigger fan of movies and stuff like that was one of the early ones for me. Yeah. And now looking back on it, it's not as I watched it recently, and I still really like it, but it's yeah. not in like my top ten anymore where right. it used to be. Um, and Morel said he's going to mention Wes Anderson, and you already covered. I'm not even going to say any bad ones because Daredevil was totally what I was going to say. Oh man, it's bad. Most of the early superhero movies suffered from a lot of bad, like new metal <laughs> yeah. usage. Yeah, or like yeah. Papa Roach would be in there somewhere, or 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 whatever. Can I say a bad one real quick? Do you mind? No. Can no I one. fill one in for you? Do it. Okay, I feel like in movies. The like the song they play right when the credits roll, whether it's a song from another source or, or nope, an original I, song from the I've soundtrack. Got, I've got two. I feel like that is the way to make the audience feel good about the experience they've yep. just had in the theater. And I feel like like that's your final, unless you you have Nick Fury show up at the end. That's your final like word on what's going on. And you have to pick the right song for the right movie. And the worst song for the worst movie was Super Mario Brothers the movie because they play a freaking like, rock set song at the end of that movie. Like, what does this have to do with Mario? You already had Walk the Dinosaur, like, four times in the movie. Just play that again. <laughs> Seriously, it's... Like, like, please, you guys, just watch the last, like, ten minutes of that movie. I know it sucks, but just watch it. And then you tell me how weird it feels when rock set kicks in at the end. It's really weird. Okay, go ahead. I thought, too, you would mention something from Turtles, like, uh, 9.95 or something. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. I think yeah. those were all written for the movie, That was written for the movie, though, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. oh, it's so good. Um... You gave me an... Oh, yeah. When you said that for the credits, uh, the David Bowie song that plays during the credits of Memento has always haunted me. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not appropriate for what you just get hit with at the end of that movie. And yeah. anyone who knows... But it, works, knows, it works well, though, right? I mean, no. Oh, it does I don't think well. so. Oh, it bugs you. Okay, okay. It stands out. It's very awkward. Okay, I haven't seen it's, Memento It's in a long weird time, the way so. it kicks in. Like, if they wanted to do a Bowie song, do something else or just... Stick with the instrument, because the original score is great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back on point, though. The use of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in Equilibrium, I thought it was really effective. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? When he yep. knocks over the snow globe and yep. accidentally... Awesome. Uh, the use of... And this is totally mega nerd on my part, uh, but Wes Anderson, in Fantastic Mr. Fox, he uses excerpts from the score from Day for Night, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, the the 1974 uh, Truffaut movie. I love that soundtrack. I always have since I heard it. In, in Fantastic Mr. Fox, when I heard it, I was like, holy crap. And I know Wes Anderson loves Truffaut, so I yeah. thought that was a really cool reference. Uh, it wasn't written for that movie, but it was written for another movie, so yeah. I kind of almost consider it source music. But the uh, the last three, real quick, uh, in Drive, the song Nightfall by Kavinsky oh, and Love yeah. Fox. Killer. That oh, scene yeah. I can watch over and over and over all day, every day. Absolutely. Uh, the Edith Piaf song in Inception is so cool. Yeah, it's cool. The way yeah, it, basically, it's good use of it. it basically is in the score, mm-hmm. in Hans Zimmer's score, and yet another uh, supporting reason for why it's criminal that uh, <coughs> Hans Zimmer did not win Best Original Score, and he yeah. lost it to Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch for their little beats on their Casio keyboard that they made. Good job, guys. Social Network and is Daft Punk wasn't even nominated. Yeah. Um, but then lastly... <laughs> uh, the uh, use of uh, Till Kingdom Come in the new Spider-Man oh! by Coldplay was... I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was my mind really, exploding. Really, really good. These two men have not seen it, right? What's that? You haven't seen the new Spider-Man either? Okay. No. That, that's the best part of the movie for me. 
that's a really good montage and the song is really well yeah. used and uh and it's weird because i'm like my feelings on Coldplay are so mixed because their first two cds are really good yeah and then they kind of turned into this over exploded like phenomenon and but that song is from their third album which yeah. i think is cool because it's mostly electronic but um that song's really good and the use is great Absolutely. But I mean, we could go on and on about the good ones. Well, like, sure, absolutely. Eat. I there's can't even so think many. of that many bad ones. I think we've mostly just blocked them out. There's, yeah, that's the thing. There's there's some Daredevil, bad ones though, out is there, just but... so guilty up and down and sideways. and Yeah. And anything from CW. Right, Tim? Yes, yes. Um, oh, Dark Shadows is really terrible. If you have <laughs> the movie and the soundtrack. But he uses the most obvious, like, 70s song cues. Of like, course. Johnny Depp gets out of... <clears throat> his whatever he gets in and they start playing Superfly, and like it makes no sense because he's not really that super fly right now so the most polarizing movie i literally just pulled the mic away from tim because i had to think about this the most polarizing movie for the use of source music is watchmen half of it is genius and half of it is full retard <laughs> like the use of uh boogeyman in the riot scene is so good it's like yeah. one of the things literally like gojo and i mentioned it like so every few times we hang out, one of us will just be like, "Dude, that use of boogeyman is so good," and he's it like, "I good. know." But then you've got like all on the watchtower during the castle siege scene, basically, and it's so weird. Yeah, maybe lyrically, the book, there's a a lot of that songs in the book. But hearing it and yeah. reading it is so yeah, different. I, <laughs> I mean, I think that's why I, I agree. Yeah. Very, very strange. And that movie. The billionth use of Hallelujah in a movie. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. so <laughs> uh, awkwardly used. Yes. Oh, and I wanted to bring Peter up. Coon is so good. I wanted to bring up the end. The because fi- you were talking about final things that send you out of the theater. The end of Passenger Fifty Seven is like a smooth R and B ballad. Nice. <laughs> I swear to God, it's so good. So is it? Is I just it, wanted to bring that. Uh, uh, check it out. Yeah. The whole, check the it whole out. movie, uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, the Robert Altman movie from the seventies. The whole score is like Leonard Cohen songs. Uh, frequently the same one, mm-hmm. because I guess. <clears throat> Robert Altman really likes Leonard Cohen. This is back when both of them were not really famous. They were just kind of up and coming. And mm-hmm. I think Robert Altman called Leonard Cohen like the day or the day after or the day of uh, Cohen went to a theater somewhere in New York and saw Robert Altman's latest movie just like because he likes movies. And Robert Altman called him and was like, hey, I'm Robert Altman. I'm a director and I've done this and this and I want to use some of your songs. Or would that, what can we, and Leonard Cohen was like, I literally just saw your movie and I loved it. Take my music for free, like basically. That's cool. And like, and it's really well used in that movie too. It's a weird movie, but it's. It's uh, like Harold and Maude uses almost nothing but Cat Stevens songs, mm-hmm. but they fit the movie really and well. I don't remember if the Man Who Fell to Earth has any Bowie songs in it. I don't. That know. would almost be a breach of because he's in it. Yeah, that would be. That's kind of on the much. on the on the the line yeah. there. Yeah. That's a weird movie too. How about you, Alex? Uh, the first one that came to mind. Uh, Actually, the first two that I'm going to talk about fall under your uh, the movies that or the the songs that start during the credits. Sure. And and you know punctuate the movie. Um, that could be a fruitful thought of its own. It could, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the first one I thought of was "Where's My Mind" by the Pixies and Fight Club. That is pretty good. It's a it's a perfect song for the perfect moment, and just everything about it is really good. Um, the second one, I'm not sure, this one might have been written for the movie, but the song Ottoman by, uh, what are they called? I'll look it up real quick. But in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, there's a song called Ottoman that starts during the credits. And it is honestly, like, if they put that in the credits of every movie, the movie would be amazing. I don't know why, <laughs> I just, I the way that the, that the song works, it's by, um, 
Vampire Weekend. Okay. But just the I, everything about it's great. My brother loves that movie, by the way. It's I, a, I'm gonna, I'll have to watch it's it. It's a really good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Nick, Nick and Nora. Um, this one also might have been written for the movie. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a techno song, kind of. It's by Rob Dugan called Furious Angels, and it's during, like, yes, during The Matrix Reloaded. That's so good. The first, like, fight scene between Neo and the agents that burst in at the meeting. I don't think that was written for Matrix. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Okay. Well, they retooled it around for the movie at the very least, but for some reason, like, I get goosebumps just thinking about that particular scene because the way that it punctuates all of the fighting that happens. The song that plays during the mansion fight is always my favorite. That one's good too. That one is so good. That one is good. I listen to that on loop. But I, I don't I don't know why, but for some reason the one the one during that first fight is just amazing to me. Um, this one I originally brought up because uh, uh, the the songs that I was thinking of were written for the movie, but there are other ones on the soundtrack that are great. Back to the Future Part One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking the Huey Lewis songs are amazing. Those were written yeah. for the movie. Mm-hmm. But just the use of like Mr. Sandman and Johnny B. Good and all mm-hmm. those different songs is really they weave Johnny B. Good into the plot. Yeah, like they <laughs> they do a good job. Like the music serves the source music serves a purpose in that movie to take you back to the fifties. Yeah, it, it really and does. It does it really well. And then uh, yeah, my final one I did have Wes Anderson. I I don't really have any bad ones. Like because like you guys have said, I'd, you just block them from your mind. I mean, most of the bad ones are movies like like you know. Supercross or Biker Boys or stuff like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's the really bad stuff. Uh, pitch Perfect. All the source music in that yeah. was horrible. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, Party I don't know. in the USA. I forgot about... <laughs> CW's Pitch Perfect. <laughs> I forgot about Office Space. Die, Motherfucker, oh, Die. When yeah. they go in front of Or yeah. Damn It Feels Good to Be Gay. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. true. Both very good. I just thought of the use of M83 in the Cloud Atlas trailer was really good. Yeah. That's a trailer, but... Um, the use of Daft Punk and all are you of ready? Tron. Yeah. Are kidding. you ready for the bombshell? Okay. <laughs> Higher you... ground. Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yes. Pretty that, good. That was my first exposure to the Chili Peppers as a kid. That was, now, this is noteworthy because the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like Alex's favorite band or yeah. in top three easily probably Absolutely. tied with Ben's, Ben Folds and uh, whoever else number three is but uh, <laughs> um, I know that he said that a long time ago that that was the song that made him go who is this and yep. it's not even their song I mean it's, it's their song it's, but it's a cover of, but a very different cover of yeah, Stevie yeah, Wonder's definitely. yeah definitely and I was just waiting for you to say that that's, that's amazing that's, and I had to say it for you that's so amazing <laughs> it's pretty good though I'm so disappointed in myself that I didn't think of that because okay. that is <laughs> it's alright it's alright that's why I'm here is to remind you of the things you love when when I go home before I go to sleep for work I'm probably gonna put that movie on and watch that scene. do you have it? yeah <laughs> I bought it on DVD for like 7 bucks at Walmart one that's time that's a lot that's totally worth it <laughs> it was totally <laughs> worth it for Walmart Dude, I saw that at the drive-in I when it came out, I think I saw it at the drive-in too. The Do you remember we were there at the same time? Comic. Maybe. Yeah, I remember. Let's all remember where we were when Weird, Power right? Rangers came out. Yeah, uh, I was. In, I was at the drive-in. I saw it at the Gaylord Cinema, the second cinema, because we had. Did two you for see a it while. the first night? I saw. We saw Pitch uh, Perfect first weekend. We saw Pitch Perfect at the Gaylord Cinema. Uh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that Whoa. that treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw Power Rangers when I was up north with like my cousins, and we all thought it was. That's interesting, because both of you saw it in northern Michigan, and both of us saw it at a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, mine was this a sleepover was, birthday this party. This was faded. 
This was yes. fate. A sleep over, a sleep over hands, birthday hands party. Hands Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> Break. Um, higher ground. Yes, higher ground. And just like that, four man children were united over there <laughs> where they were when they saw the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Right. Not oh. where were you when like horrible things happened in the world. <laughs> Important things right. even. <laughs> it's a furniture store now. The, ga- the old Gaylord Theater. I want everybody to know the memories. Really? Leave the memories alone, guys. But yeah. <laughs> 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 like it's just it's heartbreaking honestly I, I also saw um the godzilla remake there which was not as fun hey the theater that i saw <laughs> the original ninja turtles in which was like yeah as you guys know like one of my favorite movie going experiences is now a rite aid yeah <laughs> in berkeley the one right there yeah yeah oh. where my childhood <laughs> truly ignited is now a rite aid every time i go in there seriously every time i go in there now and i like you know, buy something from Rite Aid, whatever yeah. it is I buy from Rite Aid. Like, I just get depressed. I'm like, God, I was sitting somewhere over here when I saw this movie. You Important know? note, there is a Rite Aid still. Yeah, and there it's, is. it's in, like, shambles. Hang like, in you there. walk in there, and the stock is, like, just laying on the shelves. It looks like the Walmart outside of Tawas, Michigan, where... <laughs> When I was there last summer... This is the Midwest film there, by the way. We're really digging into the the deep cuts. I thought for sure I was in a zombie movie because (laughs) the shelves were mostly bare. There were lots of freak shows of people running around there. Like, the fluorescent lights were, like, dimming some of them. Was there, like, a little guy in, like, a hood that ran by? I was like... Dude, like, like something really creepy like that. No, there were there was this couple though that were, and they were in like the. <laughs> I mean, I, remember I went there for like specific. St- I needed like some allergy medicine and something else, and it was downright. I mean, shelves bare, or like they'd have like three boxes of Quaker chewy granola bars, and that's it. <laughs> and it was just very creepy. Like people of up north Walmart should be its own. Yeah. <laughs> the, the post-apocalypse Walmart. Only Midwestern people will get the term up north, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty. That's a pretty Michigan thing. Yeah. But. All right. All right. Mitten State, where we celebrate seeing Power Rangers at <laughs> northern, <laughs> northern theaters. Got to celebrate something, guys. <laughs> um. So okay, I, that's about it. The only other thing that I wanted to bring up is, uh, it's sad that that Tim Long is is leaving us. Yeah, yeah, the Van Damsel. I'll You're, be around. Yeah, it, I, you'll be you'll be around, and hopefully we can I can invest in some technology that to, will make it easier to Skype in. And yeah, I mean, you guys need some Passenger Fifty Seven references. That's in true. Your <laughs> there are not. There wasn't. There's not enough be, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Two minutes of Pierce Brosnan <laughs> for like seven episodes of podcast is a bad ratio. It really is. So I so. will try to do whatever I can. All right. All right. Well, you know what. Now that you're moving out of state but still in the Midwest, you should be writing into feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. <laughs> and we can, you do. can definitely still publish, like, Tim Watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I plan on doing a, uh, what was it called, Night... The Pierce, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan movie. What Detonator that? 2 Night Watch. Det- <laughs> So yeah, serious. And, and, and I think we'll still it. we'll see a lot of you know content from Tim coming. Yeah, along, which is watching, awesome. Can you and I tag team a, a CW Arrow <laughs> uh, weekly? I we was should, not we should, planning on like, well, but I mean, if you we should, want, we should set up a live tweeting. As long as I can afford cheap whiskey, I will continue to watch Arrow. But all um, right. I think it's. I think we should bring. That. You know, we should, we're going to find ways to bring Tim on for the manliest of movies. You know. Yeah. G.I. Joe and things yeah, of that Yeah, we'll nature. figure it out. Manly. Only the manliest, <laughs> where we do it shirtless. Of course. How many hours Fake away are you going to be? Four hours. Okay, that's not that's bad at bad. all. That's not bad that's at all. That's not bad at all. We'll, just, we'll just rent a hotel room for the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we, yeah, we should go to Tim's. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll just meet Since halfway. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Maybe like a dead drop. Yes, a dead drop of podcast proportions. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. Yeah. Get a hotel room. And put it down. I'm gonna buy like a silver briefcase to put all my stuff. In. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Yes, the loss of Tim in Michigan is a uh, is a great thing. But you were you were in Chicago for a while anyway. Yeah, right? I was in Chicago for a couple of years, so I think I think the state will move on. Cover. <laughs> it's gonna be tough for a little the bit. The state might, yeah. but we won't. <laughs> all right. So. All right. Well. Yes. Thank you, guys. So. Good. Good time. luck in I'm, your future I'm endeavors. This is the only time that. I could be around for Tim being on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It'll happen again. Yeah, well. Yeah. He's not dead, so. It's going to be one of those things, though, where we say it and just never do it. No, it has See, to. If this is documented it's, auditory evidence. Well, yeah. If, we if, cannot if, let if down we, the fans. Yeah, if we let if we let our 53 listeners, like, <laughs> yeah. hear these words and hear us say that Tim is coming back, and let's be honest, he's the biggest draw of this thing. That's true. Uh, then this we've let them down. Vehicle. We've let them down, you know. This is this is. We made a Power Rangers pact. Today. We did. Yeah. We true. did. You didn't hear was. it, but we put our hands in the middle of the table as we were recording. Yeah. Yeah. So a silent oath. At the very least, you will need to to be back for uh, GI Joe. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And yes. I'm sure there will be more stuff that we can. Uh, last stand, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. In January. <laughs> the Schwarzenegger. Oh, the Arnold movie. Yeah. yeah. With Sif. <laughs> cool. But, cool. All right. So. Um, Links to the people who have Twitter accounts here will be in the show notes. Uh, so will the 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 photograph of Detonator Two. <laughs> Nightwatch. Nightwatch. That'll that'll be on there. Um, music and art for our podcast was made for us by my brother at Mr. John on Twitter. And then, as always, questions, comments, food for thought, questions, and whatever can be sent to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. So. Um, we, I apologize to you personally for not getting to Kyle XY this time uh, around. Uh, One of these days. Jump on the D, Alex. That's why I said to you. <laughs> All night. Uh, so, uh, I think that's about it. All right. Or go watch a movie. <laughs> You've been waiting this whole time to say that. You've been waiting the whole night. <laughs> not gonna lie. You remember I that about about Power Rangers? I thought about it earlier today, so... All right. See you guys later.